0: The number one power forward in the class of 2023 just decommitted from Texas over the weekend. Oh, yes. Um, excuse me. I know a team that could use an elite power forward. Please send him to Chapel Hill immediately. You are locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there! It's Monday, May 1st, 2023. Welcome into to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started folks hope you had a great weekend welcome back in we had four tar heels drafted in the nfl draft this weekend lady tar heels land another commit from the transfer portal coach banghart is doing work and a wrap up of the weekend action all around carolina but first folks on friday ron holland a commit to texas the university of texas For the class of 2023, so would have been a freshman this upcoming season, decommitted from Texas on Friday. Now, as per ESPN's rankings, he is the number two overall recruit in the entire class. Now, why does this matter? Well, first off, my wife's a Longhorns fan, and so any chance I get to say, you know what? Didn't work out so hot for you this time, uh, but maybe Carolina could get him. And so I was already hoping, like, as soon as this decommit happened, I was like, oh, man, I would love to have Ron Holland in Chapel Hill for Carolina. And um, then I want to shout out Drew Manning from Twitter, who told me that he is. Not at all a quarterback, <laughs> uh, but anyway, we talked about it some over the weekend through Twitter. By the way, if you're wanting to reach out and talk on Twitter or other places, please never hesitate to do that. So um, what's up, Drew? Shout out to you. It was good to chat this weekend. And so I want to pose the idea that Ron Holland would be a good fit for North Carolina, who is still in need, as I've talked about. Uh, of a four of a power forward. And so I think Holland could fit the bill. Let's talk about why I think that is a thing. First and foremost, number one, I'm going to give you five reasons. Here's the first one he is the number one power forward in this entire class. What have I said for a good while now is the biggest hole, the biggest area I think Carolina still needs to fill. The power forward position in the front court. And Ron Howard. Ron Howard. <laughs> that's funny. Ron Holland is an elite power forward that does many, many things well. Um, that I think could come and be a target. By the way, for Texas, this is rough. This is their second high-level recruit they've lost in this class. Yikes. Tough for them. Second reason why North Carolina, well. Mr. Ron Holland is from Duncanville, Texas. Now, that probably means absolutely nothing to you. Although, interestingly enough, I drove through there earlier today. I was coming back from a, a retreat in Glen Rose, Texas. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that, but that's where I was this weekend. Anyway, Duncanville, Texas, this is why I bring it up, is in the southwest suburbs of Dallas. Do you know... Friends, who else is from the Dallas, Texas area that might or might not have recently committed to the Tar Heels? That's right. Harrison Ingram is a Dallas area native. Now, I know these types of things aren't everything, but they're not nothing. And so there's something to be said for players that you were aware of that grew up in the same area as you. And so maybe there's just something between uh, Harrison Ingram and Ron Holland that Harrison Ingram could kind of work there. And so, man, Harrison Ingram, get on the phone, talk to Ron Holland. Let's get him to Chapel Hill. Uh, Number three, the reason I think Ron Holland should come be a Tar Heel is he is an experienced winner. And I, I mean that in both ways, both that he has experience and he is a winner. His Duncanville, Texas team finished as the number three team in the nation this season. He's spent some good time playing for USA Basketball, so he's getting experience there. But again, it's not just the experience. The experience matters, and that's a big deal. But it's also about experienced winning. This young man has won two gold medals as part of the USA Basketball program. He was part of the McDonald's All-American game this year. Nike Hoop Summit had a nice showing at both. So Ron Holland is an experienced winner. Number four, athleticism. We've talked about, and and I believe I've heard Coach Davis say, that one of the things they're looking to add is athleticism because last year's team overall didn't have the level of athleticism that is truly truthfully needed to compete at the ACC level. Now, obviously these guys, all of them could run circles around you and me, right? Understood. Great. I'm just talking about high level elite athleticism from everything that I've both seen and read about Ron Holland. He has that in spades. And then number five, the reason I think he could be a good Tar Heel is that he is described as an elite defender, not just like, hey, you know, he's kind of growing into it. No, elite defender as a six eight power forward. And you just you think about these young men coming out of high school. Very rarely do we hear about their defensive prowess. And that's something I'm I'm hearing every time I read a scouting report about Holland, every time I watch him. Uh, Same kind of thing with Drake Powell, who will come in next year. Um, Just really values and cares about the defensive side of the ball. And so this young man, Ron Holland, is a true two-way player. Um, he's, He's not a like stereotypical stretch for, but his shot is growing and evolving. So that's good. But um, it is those five reasons. Let me recap it. Number one, power forward in the class. We need an elite player. Let's go get him. Number two, from the Dallas, Texas area, same as Harrison Ingram. Number three, he is an experienced winner, both the experience and the winning that matters. Number four, Athleticism. He is an elite athlete that gets Carolina to where what they're looking for in terms of athleticism. And then five is an elite defender coming out of high school. That is a big deal. Now, the question becomes, is this a true possibility? Well, sure, it's a true possibility. Is it likely? Is perhaps a different and better question to ask. Probably not. But here's the thing. You have to make the phone call. Hubert Davis is a great recruiter. Why couldn't he go sell North Carolina and playing time and coming to be part of this family to Ron Holland? Why not? What's the worst thing he can do? Say no. That's one of my life mantras. Just go ask. You never know. I never want to be responsible for saying no for somebody when if I had simply asked, they might've considered it and maybe done the thing, right? So, I, if I'm Hubert Davis, I'm making Ron Holland tell me no. Simple as that. When Holland initially made his uh, college choice, he had narrowed it down to three schools. Texas, obviously, because he chose them. And then Arkansas and UCLA. and The, the story goes that most people thought he would choose Arkansas over Texas and UCLA. He obviously didn't, chose Texas. <laughs> And so maybe the Razorbacks are the likely landing spot here. We know that um, they've got, they've loaded up on guards, but need help in the front court. So that might be a likely landing spot. Um, in his post, Ron Holland mentioned that he was going to keep Texas in the mix. So he could just go right back to Austin. That's a real thing. Another thing is that it was Chris Beard that recruited him to Texas. So maybe Ole Miss is a landing spot for Ron Holland. But you know what? I think he should come to North Carolina. Again, make him tell you no. Well, the NFL draft was this weekend, just a couple hours up the road from where I live. I didn't go up to the brouhaha, but Carolina was well represented in the NFL draft. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel right now during the NBA playoffs because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's right, $1,000. I don't know if you guys saw, Steph dropped a 50-piece on Sunday, and that means that the Warriors are moving on, they're facing the Lakers, and I am all in on getting in on some action for that because it's going to be great. You can do it with the FanDuel app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use while paying you instantly. There's no place to bet all the playoff, no better place to bet all the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on today and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked Locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, folks, Uh, the NBA draft, as we said, was over the weekend, obviously starting Thursday night and carrying on into rounds four through seven on Saturday. For the third straight year, the Tar Heels here. Here's the point. Like we're going to talk about the dudes and where. But I just want to talk about what's been happening now. As Mac Brown's been back for the third straight year, Carolina had four or more players drafted in the NFL Draft for this year, four last year, and five back in 2021. And so you love to see this trend of Carolina consistently showing up. In the NFL draft. Uh, the next step is to get it into the first couple rounds, which hopefully will happen next year with Drake May. Um, but once again, uh, Carolina just didn't jump into Thursday night or even early on Friday night this year. I, I really thought Josh Downs would get there. We'll talk about that in a second. But before we do, I've got a pop quiz for you. What year saw the highest number of Tar Heels drafted? Question number one. Question number two, how many Tar Heels were drafted in that year. And question three, who was the highest of those draft picks? So what year had the highest number of Tar Heels drafted? How many were they? And who was the highest drafted? I'm going to give you some time to think about that. I'll answer it at the end of this segment before we move on. Um, And so you can be thinking on it while I talk about the various four guys that were drafted. Obviously, the first guy, to come off the board, as expected, was Josh Downs, who goes in the third round, 79th overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunately, it's not Peyton Manning throwing to Josh Downs. I think they would have a field day together, by the way. Drew Manning, maybe you should get on that. Let's get that going, Drew Manning. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Uh, here's the thing with Josh Downs to Indianapolis. I really like this fit for him. It's, I mean, it's a franchise that's not been as good. Since Peyton left but it is a, a respected franchise um honestly though I was hoping Josh Downs was going to go higher I, I you know once there was that run on wide receivers on Thursday night I thought maybe there was a late chance in the first round but I legitimate, like I said on Friday's show like I think Josh Downs is gonna go um pretty early on Friday in the second round and it just didn't happen um this is a second straight year for this type of thing and remember what happened to sam Howell last year fourth round right like i, I don't know but i mean if you play well you're going to get on the field right there's there's talk of sam Howell having a very prominent role for washington this year but i mean seriously like think of it now marvin harrison reggie wayne t.y hilton pierre garcon and josh downs why not you know <laughs> like This dude works his butt off. He's a great football player. He can do just about anything you need, not to mention punt returns. And so I I really think he could carve out a neat role for himself. And keep in mind, the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson. It's a great opportunity for these two young men to grow into things together and really form a rapport early. And I wouldn't be surprised if they take a lot of intentional time to do it been saying that this whole lead up to the draft that Josh Downs is going to make an NFL franchise very happy. And I think the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts are just the team for that. Next Tar Heel off the board was awesome. Richards who went to the Cowboys in the fifth round, 169th overall. Um, I had the chance to have awesome on the show earlier this year. If you didn't, if you didn't see it, go back and make sure you check that out, but was just a great young man to talk to very, kind and thoughtful, um, just full of life and energy. And I just love that now he's doing this, going to hang out in Dallas. I I watched his phone call with Jerry Jones, like just neat stuff, man. And so I'm so happy for Awesome to get this. Um, But here's the good news. The Cowboys are in need of depth at tackle. Well, I know someone that can provide that, and his name is Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Not only that, here's another thing that the Cowboys like to do on the line is look for positional versatility. And as you may or may not know, Awesome Richards can do that, shuffling between tackle and guard. And in fact, showed that at the Senior Bowl. It's something that that Dallas really likes and values. And Awesome Richards can provide that. And so we'll see what becomes of that partnership. Next, Antoine Green goes to the Lions in the seventh round, pick 219. I think this is a massive value draft for the Lions to get Antoine Green this late, um, great stuff for them. Similar to Awesome Richards, this seems like a great landing spot for Mr. Antoine Green because from everything I've read from Lions stuff, they're pretty thin at the X position this year. DJ Chark pieced out over the offseason. Jameson Williams is currently suspended. Who would have probably been the next in line after Chark. And so there, there, there are snaps to be had at the X. It's just up to Antoine to show Antoine stuff. You know what I mean? And, and go out and do it. And so uh, really curious to see if he can land there. And then the final one, and man, I just love this, is Ray Vahasic to the Jags. Still in the seventh round, 227 overall. So just uh, a few picks there behind Antoine Green. And so really the the thing for me is, you know, Ray has just worked so hard, has dealt with some injury things. And so I I just love that he gets this opportunity. He's going to get a chance. Hopefully he can prove himself, make the roster, do all these things he needs to do. All right, that pop quiz I told you about. You ready for the answers? As a reminder, here's the question. What year did Carolina put the most young men into or had the most young men drafted in the NFL draft? How many was it and who was the highest drafted of those? All right, here we go. The year was 2011. The number of draftees was nine. And the highest rated or the highest drafted, I should say, was Mr. Robert Quinn, who went in the first round to St. Louis at 14th overall. By the way, anybody remember who went first overall in 2011? Young man from Auburn named Cam Newton. There you go. Well, coming up, still got more to talk about. The women's basketball team just keeps raking it in in the transfer portal. And we've got a weekend wrap up for you from around Carolina athletics. And we'll talk about all that in just a second. All right, folks, Courtney Banghart has struck again. This woman is a great leader, a great coach, and clearly a great recruiter because she's bringing in a phenomenal freshman class, and she's gone out and gotten three really talented young ladies in the transfer portal. So let's talk about the most recent of those, and that is 5'10 guard Indian Navarre, a Stanford transfer. So both teams now have a Stanford transfer coming in. Obviously, Harrison Ingram on the guy's side, and now, India on the ladies' side. She's transferring out after her freshman year, so she's got three years of eligibility left to come in and play with the Tar Heels. This is just another one of those things that makes sense. She's initially originally from Apex, uh, North Carolina, from Apex Fell, excuse me, Friendship is. Is it, no, now I'm second-guessing myself. Is it Apex Fellowship or Friendship? Somebody correct me. I'm not even going to bother looking it up right now because that would be a waste of your time. Um, but anyway, um, that's where India's is coming in from. She was ranked 20th in her class, coming out another one of these five stars. Again, Coach Banghart is just loading up on talent all over the place, and you absolutely love to see what they're doing. A reminder, the other two transfers coming in are Maria Gacting from BC, from Boston College, and Lexi Donarski coming in from Iowa State. And when I say that Coach Banghart is loading up on talent, here's what I mean. Of the 14 players that are currently scholarship players for the Tar Heels, six of those 14, just shy of half, were five stars coming out. Let me give them to you in order of... Ranking the highest ranked, interestingly, isn't even on campus yet, and that's Sierra Toomey who comes in as the fourth ranked player in the class of 23. So, will be the highest ranked player on Carolina's roster. And then Tiani Key was ninth in 2021. Deja Kelly was tenth in 2020. Lexi Donarski, who we just talked about, 14th in 2020. India, I just mentioned to you, was 20th in 2022, and then Anya Pool was 49th in. 2020. And so six former five stars currently helping populate this roster, just amassing talent left and right. So all of this means that Carolina now, as I said, has 14 scholarship players. And for those of you that might be more familiar with the men's quota, you might be thinking, uh, that ain't going to work, Isaac. They've got too many. And if this was a men's team, you'd be right because the men can only have 13 scholarship players, but on the women's side, you can have 15. So coach Banghart actually still has one scholarship remaining left to play with. And so we'll see, you know, we've had all that conversation about the wisdom of, do you use all your scholarships? Do you not at the risk of like, man, if I'm giving scholarship level players, a scholarship to just sit on the end of the bench, they're going to become frustrated and transfer out. So maybe there's something better to do, whether it's what I've been calling a draft and stash, whether it's giving it to a walk-on, any of those kind of things are worth looking at. So we'll see if and how Coach Banghart uses scholarship number 15. All right, let's get to our weekend wrap-up. The big news, uh, the, the biggest story, the biggest tournament championship thing going on was women's lacrosse in the ACC tournament and unfortunately they fell just just shy in the ACC championship game to Boston College on Sunday as we talked about on Friday's show they had beaten Clemson number 17 in the nation on Wednesday pretty handily 16 to 6 I would call that doing work and then on Friday they knocked off the number two team in the nation, Syracuse, fifteen to nine, so pretty decently comfortable there as well. And here's the painful thing about this ACC championship loss uh, to Boston College: Carolina heading into the fourth quarter was beating the Eagles nine to eight, but then the Eagles reeled off three unanswered goals in that final quarter for the 11-9 margin. You hate to see that happen, um, but it is again just. Just, quote, unquote, the ACC tournament. But, I mean, it just happened to the women's tennis team, too. Like, all these, yeah, you hate it. You just wish you could pull it out. But bigger and better things are ahead for the women's lacrosse team. And so we wait to see how that all plays out. All right, let's go to the Diamond, where uh, a successful weekend, both for the baseball and softball teams. Baseball team, you might be aware, has been scuffling a little bit. Lately had lost two straight ACC series and then dropped Friday night's uh, series opener at Virginia Tech seven to nothing. And it's just like, oh, boy. All right. Here we go again. You know, like, all right. Got right, Got to do it. And then on top of that Saturday, it wasn't Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There was a Saturday double header to be played. So if you want to avoid losing three straight series, you got to sweep Saturday's double header. Well, here's the good news. Sweep they did, and the guys have put themselves back in a little bit better position here. Um, And by the way, have a weekend off next weekend to rest up, rejuvenate. They've got some games in between, and that's good. But um, just a little break from the slog of ACC play before getting back into it for the home stretch. And is especially nice coming off of an ACC series win. So here's what happened: is on Saturday's doubleheader, Carolina wins. 12 to 8 in game two, and then 13 to 7 in game three to take this series at Virginia Tech. A little bit of a contentious atmosphere, but whatever. Um, now, looking ahead, Carolina has what's actually a tough game against Campbell coming up on Tuesday, and then at ECU East Carolina on Wednesday. So those are two pretty difficult midweek games this week and then as i already said no weekend series for the tar Heels. all right and then we stay in the diamond with the softball team Also on the road this weekend, they were in Atlanta taking on Georgia Tech to close out ACC regular season play. And the great news is that they too won their series two to one, which means the softball team has now won four straight ACC series to close out the regular season or, excuse me, the conference portion of the regular season. Um, reason I say that is because Carolina does host Furman on wednesday before moving on from there but acc play uh regular season wise is dead and done now here's how things went carolina won five three on friday to open the weekend but then they got pretty well blasted on saturday 12 to 5 and so you you're looking at a rubber match away from home And it's like yeah gotta get this gotta keep this series winning streak going and they got a shutout on Sunday, 4 nothing over the Yellow Jackets. So great job to the softball team as they move into postseason play after hosting Furman on Wednesday. Friends, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. For you, everydayers, I want to thank you for joining us. Keep coming back. If you're not an everydayer, why not? Come join us. It's awesome. The water's fine. If you're just checking us out for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. You're welcome. Please come back any time be part of this community we'd love to have it by the way coming up in a couple weeks we're gonna have a mailbag episode so make sure you are getting your mailbag questions in here's how you can do that you can send a dm to the show twitter account locked on heels or to me at isaacshade you can send the show an email locked on tarheels at gmail.com Or you could even in a review, you could drop a mailbag question. I'd be happy to do that. But make sure you give us five stars in your review. That'd be super helpful. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button and leave comments on your thoughts on Ron Holland, the NFL draft stuff, any of this. Make sure you stay with us all week long for much more great content right here on Locked on Tar Heels, where you know it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. And until tomorrow, when we'll be right back here with you once again, peace.